Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're pleased to announce that this season, the Spurs show is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Spurs fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter whether you're based in Tottenham or Tyneside. You can catch every single minute of the action. Keep an eye out during the season for events, offers, content and competitions that put you closer to the action. And if you can't get yourself down to the match against Luton this Saturday lunchtime, why not catch it on Sky Sports at the next best place? A Green King pub. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Spurs show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, what a show we've got forward to tonight as we look back another extraordinary late win at the weekend, another VAR controversy, and further proof that despite our great start playing attacking football, the main football media still gives us absolutely no credit whatsoever. And there'll be a special second show at the end of the week. Looking forward to our return to Kenilworth Road. My God, it hasn't, we haven't been there since 1991. And uh, some, some, I think next week we've got a few people who managed to bag tickets. And there weren't many floating around. Joining me tonight, uh, and obviously we're going to start with the extraordinary uh, game against Liverpool. Joining me tonight, two regulars. Firstly, the actor, impressionist and voiceover artiste. Simon Lipson. How are you, Simon? I'm very well, Mike. How are you doing? I'm really good. Really, really good. It's uh, it's amazing how uh, a win like that can really put a springier step. No, you I, know? Should say. I should say. And uh, finally, our man down under. It's stupid o'clock there. It's 4am and he's got up for you lovely people. That's dedication to the cause. That's a Tottenham Hotspur fan. David Harris returns. How are you, David? I'm very well, thank you very much. It's great to be back on the Spurs show. The the Vito Corleone, the godfather of the Spurs show podcast world, and it's great to be back on. It's always you always look fresh faced despite it being four a.m. What, what's the secret? I bathe in oil of Yule every day. I love That's it. How oil it works. Of Lovely. That's my, <laughs> one for the kids. 
Right, well, an extraordinary weekend. Um, I think last week's show, I think we, with a bit of sort of craziness, I think it was a few wins predicted. But I think only certain lunatic Tottenham fans thought we were going to turn over Liverpool. We did. It was a controversial game. Two sendings off. uh, An awful error by VAR, which made it even funnier. And then you can't beat a last-minute own goal to win a game. It had it all. It had it all. Simon, uh, I presume you were there for this one. I was. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's extraordinary. I didn't think we actually played that well. And when I say that, I think we played better this season. And yet the fact we still turned over an unbeaten Liverpool team, who are a very, very good team, will absolutely be challenging for the title, kind of made it even sweeter. It did. I mean, I think, it's fair to say, I think I think Liverpool are going to be the main challengers to City this year. They, they look so good, so slick, controlled, um, and defensively, you know, I mean, we struggled really to break them down with nine. Um, you could argue that because they had nine, they didn't come out. And um, but we we just couldn't find a way through. Um, I don't think we we were quite as fluent as we as we have been. But but we're up against a great team, so you know that we it it's not something you wouldn't expect us to be you know cutting through them all the time. But the match was was skewed by the fact that, you know, we had the the, the Jones sending off um, and then later on, you know, a second sending off with Jota. And and so it became a, you know, an, an, just a, a siege really after, certainly when they were down to nine. Uh, so an, an, a difficult match to really judge us, you know, 11 against 11, you know where you stand, you you, you know exactly what you're, you're up against, but against 10, against nine, it changes the, the complexion of the game. And I just felt that we did struggle. I mean, I've got my own theories as to why we struggled. I think, first of all, because Liverpool were very, very good um, and they organised themselves magnificently. And we seemed to be kind of just stuck and they just outside their area, couldn't find a, a through ball, couldn't find a, anything coming in from the wings. I, I do think... Richarlison is a, is an issue for me, and I, you know I, I hesitate to to criticise him because he has had his his own personal problems and, and set out the and, first goal. Made, made, he finally made a decent run for the first yeah. goal. Yeah, but he he did very well in the first half. But he's not a winger, and as a forward, as a centre forward or a central striker, I feel that he doesn't have quite the technique. He doesn't have quite the doesn't present quite the danger. Um, I know we're not comparing him to Kane because that's that's a fool's game, but he doesn't, I don't think he he scares the opposition. So he's he's stuck in the area. I don't I, it felt almost as if we weren't even trying to find him or, or or even just chucking one into the mixer because you didn't feel that he's the guy who's gonna, you know, like a, like Harry would, he would pop up and you know make find some space somewhere and have the technique, the touch to to finish. I don't think Richarlison gives us that. He gives us grit and determination and heart and passion. Um, but I do think uh, once Brennan Johnson's back, I I think Sonny will go back central, and we may not see much of Richarlison as a starter. Johnson was, was a miss, but I mean, mm. uh, David, I mean, I, 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 I take on board what Simon said, but we did create chances. I thought we started the beginning of the second half really well. Uh, those two great sh- uh, shots, uh, one was obviously from Sun, two great saves from Allison. And we, I mean, in fairness, I just thought after we're nine men, we started running out of ideas because, as Simon said, they kind of defended deep. But it's so lovely to see a Tottenham team 
find a way again. And again, I mean, Tottenham barely got any praise whatsoever from anyone over the weekend. But what's even ones who praised it, I thought defensively again, the way we're bringing the ball out, I mean, it, it still makes me sit on the edge of my seat, like, oh God, we're going to mess up, Vicar's going to mess up, because we're just used to seeing us cock it up. But to see these young players now playing without fear and Liverpool were really closing us down and yet we were still, okay, there's a few errors, but that's going to happen. To see that in such a short space of time after the awful rubbish we had to watch for years, it's incredible, the transformation, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's been a, it's been an unbelievable transformation. It's the you know the avuncular Australian that they've got in, um, and I remember uh, on X or Twitter, or whatever it is, over the summer that there's that petition against uh, Big Ange coming in. But you was know, there? I, I didn't th- know that. Was there? Really? Yeah, there was. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that <laughs> where we were as a as a club, you know, blasting out fool's goal by Stone Roses at the end of uh, the last few games of the season to drown out the booze, you, we needed a unifying figure. Uh, and that's exactly what we've got. And, and you know, what I'm loving uh, about Ange, and uh, don't worry, I'm not bursting into Robbie Williams, is the fact that, you know, he, you know, he's bringing that kind of sporting culture of excellence into the club. You know, part of Australia's culture very much is around sport and excellence in sport. And we've seen that with with, with coaches such as Justin Langer, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's what he's brought in here. I mean, I, I thought perhaps it was one of our worst performances of the season in a way. I think Liverpool, I think Klopp has almost pulled off the painful rebuild that Poch said he had to do with Tottenham. I think he's just got to sort out the defence for a bit. And I think he's he's at the races. He's definitely sorted out the midfield. But I think to, to Simon's points about Richarlison, do, do you know, uh, you know, we've all been uh, long-suffering Spurs fans over the years. You know, with some players, you just get that feeling they're not going to make it. And I thought that about Darren Bent, unfortunately, who we paid a lot of money for. And Richarlison does have a tendency to get himself offside, a lot like uh, Chrissy Armstrong as well. Um, but the way that we cut up the, uh, the their their defence for the first goal, someone put it on on X over the last twenty four hours. Check out the goals against Feyenoord. You know, Hoddle v Cruyff, the yes. go, the goal that uh, you similar know pass. the old yeah, similar that's right pass. for the similar pass. That's right, and then yeah. or maybe to Hewton from Hoddle. Oh, and maybe it, it might in. be. Okay. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, they might might be right. Yeah, you right. Yeah, and then he stuck it in for Archie. So that that mm-hmm. was like the replica. But but I felt that when they were down at nine, so people we're talking about Richardson. I, I also want to talk about Kulisevsky as well for a minute because last week against Arsenal, I think he had his best game in over a year. I think he's been poor, um, and. Andy Townsend, who's, who we had on co-commentary over here, he's not normally known for making incisive comments. He was screaming out for the fullbacks to get get be put into play, get to the touchline and put a cross in, which is how exactly what we happened with the goal. Too many times Kulisevsky got the ball, stepped inside with his left foot, put that cross in and nothing happened. And I think I'm, I'm more like, I think the thing is I'm more looking for when Johnson's back is that we look at... Uh, you know, look at uh, Kulu as well, because I think he's better in a deeper role, which we saw against Sheffield United mm. in that towards the end of that game. But uh, it was it. Look, you know, he's, it, there's been a big turnaround. Uh, and has done, and by God, Levy needed it. Yeah. Well, let, let's look at the sort of. Uh, we'll talk more about the way we play, but let's let's go through the contentious things. Simon, firstly, the first sending off. Um, I thought it was a sending off. I thought it was at the time. Uh, I when I watched the game back, I heard Gary Neville said, "Oh, his foot went over the ball. He's trying to get the ball. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he was trying to do. He still planted his, his leg. 
is his, his um, studs right on the ankle, it's dangerous whether you meant to do it or not. I, I, I don't... And, and the fact that he was given a yellow and then told by VAR, actually got one right to go and look again. The ref could have gone, no, I, I, I gave a yellow because I thought he was trying to get the ball. As soon as he saw it again, he went, no, you're right. It's, it's mm. red. So, I mean, yeah. were you, were you in agreement, agreement with that one? I mean, if, if it was the other way around, that was a Tottenham player, would you be going, oh, this is shocking? No, I mean, you, you, the first thing you would do is think, aye, aye, we're in trouble here. If it was one of our guys, right? Um, he went in, the studs were slightly up. Um, there was always a chance that, you know, you could catch somebody's leg with that. He went over the top of the ball. I don't think he was malicious. I don't think he was trying to to injure Bissouma. But the fact is, if you're reckless, if you're going in uh, and you're reckless as to the outcome, I mean, Bissouma's lucky to, that his leg's intact because that was, that was horrific. So th- I can't see why there's any uh, argument about that. The, the Jota, the two Jota things, they're, they're both petty they're both silly little... First one I thought was hard. The first yellow at the time, I just thought he deliberately clipped uh, clipped, yeah. clipped him. And it's only again when you watch it back after the game and you go, oh, he didn't. But I mean, this guy's got form. This was the player that should have been sent off in the game against Anfield. Yeah. Um, and when we complained about that, obviously Klopp famously said to Mason, yeah. worry about other stuff. Which yeah, is quite um, quite ironic. Now it, it just it seemed to me, you know, it, you've just been booked. This is this was yeah. what ninety seconds later. I mean, have some sense, you know. And this, uh, he, he just clipped him. It wasn't again. It wasn't vicious. Wasn't malicious. But you're going to get booked for that. And so you, they couldn't argue about the, the you know, they the did. outcome. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't. They did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't. Nothing controversial about that. Really, the, the big controversy clearly is the the offside. Yeah. Well, David, I mean, that, the VAR thing there was, you know, again, in real time, it looked like he was just on. Um, my understanding from the PGMOL is the human error was they thought the ref had given a goal and therefore, although, it, although the cameras then said VAR, look at it, I don't quite understand why they do that. They thought the goal had been given. Uh, and I don't know how many seconds before they realised it, then nudge each other and go, oh, my God, oh, no, it's disallowed it. It's just, no, there must be a time where they go, wait a minute. But the, and there's two of them. There's two of them there. If it was just you and you're slightly hungover, you're just flown back from Saudi Arabia, wherever they've been, and you're a bit like, oh, no, you know, head in the sand, I might get away with this. But there's two of them there. It was incredible to see, David. I mean, again, you know... I. I, I don't feel sorry for Liverpool. It could happen to any club. We've had some absolute howlers against us over the year, over the years. So you kind of think that you know what comes around goes around. Everyone has you know these these bad decisions, but um, the the Ferrari it's causing Liverpool now and the media. David, it's, it is a little bit over the top. It wasn't like it was the winning goal in the last minute. It would have just made them go one up in the first half. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't like the opening goal of a Champions League final in the yeah. first 30 seconds <laughs> where, there's, where, there's, so where if, if ball hits someone's armpit, there's been a rule change in the week leading up to the game. I mean, you know, they've, they've asked for the tapes from the uh, PGMOL or whatever they're called. I'm just visualising it's Laurel and Hardy were in the studio looking at the screen there at the time. But they've asked for the tapes and, uh, you know, fair is fair that they've asked for the tape. Then I think anyone who wants to appeal of our decision in the last X number of years should also ask for the t- audio tapes. We can all have a listen there. Um, I find it extraordinary that they, they issue a statement that they're considering their options 
what what options are they actually considering that they're going to ask for the game to be replayed behind closed doors? Um, I, I just think it's absolutely ludicrous. And of course, due to the uh, the, the huge amount of ex Liverpool players, uh, family members of uh, club legends that are working in the media, I was completely unsurprised by the reaction. I mean, I, I presume that Wolves are going to ask for the tapes in relation to uh, two of their players being cleared out by Man United goalkeeper. The list goes on and on. The fact is that Diaz was ruled offside by uh, the linesman at the time. Diaz didn't appeal it at the time. He just accepted the decision and walked back to uh, to the starting position there. Uh, no one on the bench actually vociferously appealed it, which I'm sure that they've got a message through from somebody, one of their mates in the media about it as well. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is that it's just a long list of uh, the catalogue of errors that since VAR has come in, um, it's meant to kind of clear up the, the clear and obvious decisions. And it hasn't done that. Um, and here we are now. But I, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, Liverpool have said they're considering their options. And uh, I'm also looking forward to them issuing a statement condemning their fans giving online racist abuse to uh, Destiny as well. So I look forward to hearing that. Yeah. Well, we had that as well. Destiny and Doki as well, we believe. Uh, yeah, which was really, really not, not nice at all. Where do you stand now, Simon, on, on, on VAR? I was kind of, kind of, I understood why it had to come in for it. And then there was the whole argument, oh, no, it's not VAR's to blame. It's the people behind VAR, whatever, which is still the same. You think after all these years and the money in the game, and again, there's been many games whereby you're watching at home and you're waiting for that line to be drawn and it's not. And you're a bit like, you're sort of doing that and you're looking left and right, you know, you're looking direct at the TV, am I at the right angle? I just find it staggering that they still can't get the technology right, that people at home, I still think like rugby and, 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 and cricket, we, the fact we still don't really hear any of the conversations about what's going on like you would in those sports is a disgrace, especially when you're in the stadium because you're literally just sitting there. And the worst thing is when you're celebrating a goal and then you have to stop celebrating a goal or you don't know whether to celebrate a goal. Where do you stand with it now? Because it's ridiculous that they still can't get it yeah, right. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I'd like it gone. Um, I think that um, as long as it's subjective, as long as it's open to interpretation, it can never be better than a referee. So the referee saw a foul. If, if he hadn't sent... Jones off. Um, we'd have all just got on with the game. It was a horrible tackle, but that's what he saw. He saw a yellow card. Let's all just move on and let, you know, let Alan Shearer and Gary Lineker analyse it to death on TV later on. But it, it doesn't matter. You just carry on with the game. Um, human error is there, whether you've got lines, whether you've got interpretations of fouls in slow motion, um, handballs, you know, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about them. Was it Lucas Mora who was was oh, fouled? Fell over. Fell over. He, fell over and the ball the hit ball. his hand against yeah. Leicester, yeah. and and the goal was yeah. disallowed. You think well, this is also <laughs> stupid, right? Because the goal was given. Yeah. Um, and as you just mentioned, Mike, the, my biggest beef with VAR is that it has taken away the that instant kind of explosion of joy when a goal is scored. Right. So unless you can absolutely see without. Any contention that a goal is clean, nothing. There's nothing that could possibly be uh, analysed and, and you know to to, get, uh, to disallow it. You can't really celebrate, and so I, I find myself now instead of that explosion, it's kind of oh, <laughs> I'll jump up. Um, I won't get too excited because you're just then standing waiting, yeah. looking at a screen because no. every goal is is subject to VAR. 
So that's where, for me, it's 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 sucking some of that passion, some of that instantaneous joy out of uh, out of the game, really, but specifically out of celebrating things. Yeah, I mean, David, the other thing as well that you know, you, it's not even that last moment. The amount of goals now, whereby it's just a perfect goal, and there's this wakes they go. Something might have happened early in the move. Early in the move, this happens. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not even talking like the Aguero, Sterling, Man City, Tottenham one. He got the ball, whatever. But even before that, you know, was he judging? Was he in? Was he interfering with playing? It just gets, it just gets ridiculous. I don't know why they just didn't agree. VAR is for did the ball go across the line? You know, and last man is the offside, or just keep it really, really simple. Like one or two things. That's it. The rest it goes down to the referee. He's got two assistants as well. They make the decision. What's your view on it? Would you just get rid of it now? Well, I think VAR's kind of, you know, introduced a kind of tantric sex aspect to kind of celebrations because you're waiting and waiting for that ultimate joy and controlling it in. <laughs> and at the very end, and you, the joy. I would know, David. Like, I mean, obviously, you've <laughs> dabbled. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Sting, his music, and his, his, his ways with tantric sex, you know. Um, the, the, <laughs> I think that. It's we're now in a situation where there's been too much money invested in in VAR, uh, you know, too many contracts and all the rest of it. it the, the, I, the whole idea of VAR was the clear and obvious errors, ball crossing the line, things like that. Now, do, does anyone actually know and, and is up to date what the handball rule is now? I've got no idea whatsoever, honestly. Well, even uh, I mean, not Pastor Cochrane came out last week uh, and, and said he really doesn't know either. You know, I, my my understanding was if it's now effectively if your arm is any unusual position and hits your arm in the penalty whether you mean uh, in the penalty area whether you deliver or not it is a penalty um so we're back to the concepts of un- unusual positions again so yeah. as i said tantric <laughs> sex once more but i mean look I, I think at the end of the day um it's it's absolutely i mean it's as you said it, you, you go out to celebrate the goal and then you wait to see what's going to happen and then 20 seconds later, you go, oh, what a relief, nothing's happened. And then and you go back to, uh, you know, you go back to celebrating. So I think it's taken all of that out of the game. But, you know, we've, we've all collectively been going since for a very long time. And the game's massively changed since we first started going. And, and I can't see it going anywhere. But it should be just for clear and obvious ones, mm. yeah. Yeah, well, look, let's go to a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue and look at uh, some of the performances from the Tottenham players and... Uh, ask uh, our guests where they can even see Tottenham finishing the season. Back in one minute. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
And we're back for the break. Don't forget for premium content, including a daily news show, ex-player interviews, original documentary series on Spurs, go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. So part of our show in the process. Uh, new Spurs show merchandise. Uh, go to the, click the link on the description to this pod. Some great, wonderful uh, Spurs show merch to have a look at. Our monthly London live shows are up and running. Last week we had Gary Mappert. Uh, that show will be going out this week to our Patreon listeners and to the rest of you probably in a couple of weeks' time, I would have thought. Uh, Join us, October the 25th, Wednesday 25th of October, the return of Bobby Davro, and he was extraordinary last time, (laughs) discussing his all-time Spurs 11. (laughs) And then November the 22nd, we've got the return of David Howells, who was a brilliant guest as well. Sign up at season.spurshow.net. You and a couple of mates come along for the price of less than a coffee. Um, Follow us on Facebook, X and Instagram, and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts, Simon, let's uh, let, let's let's first of all, um, discuss the uh, defence. Uh, Vicario, our, our new goalkeeper, I must admit, I knew very little about. Thought he looked a little bit dodgy uh, in sort of the first game, the preseason games, but he has now got this sort of infectious quality about them, which is sort of permeating amongst the players, amongst the fans. A really good double save he, he made as well, looking good in the air. He looks like what we paid for him quite a steal at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a really good buy. I like, I like his energy. I yeah. like his ability. He's good on the. He's good with his feet, and and it it, it permeates because when they're you know they're playing out uh, and trying to get away from a press, you know you have to trust the the keeper first of all, right? He's he's usually a first point of distribution. It's terrific. I've got no issues with him right now. And I, you know, think back to when everyone was giving Levy grief about not buying Raya. Well, maybe they had this guy, you know, in their sights the whole time. What I really like about us defensively now, and I th- I, we are a bit vulnerable. You know, we we haven't. It's not as though this is a watertight defence, but it's the confidence and it's the uh, it's the trust in their respective abilities. So they trust themselves and they trust each other. And when you watch. Udogi, who, who just seems to have everything to me. He's a, he's a big lad. He's quick. He gets a foot in. Then you look at Porro, who's come on a ton. I mean, I, I would never have expected him <laughs> to be a defender. And he can defend now. Um, and he's still made a, a winning goal. And the two guys in the middle, I mean, this is the revelation. This Van der Ven. I mean, Romero, we know, is a mm. top-quality player. But but, but had a Rick in him, though, in fairness. You know, so, and, and you know, and, and and did in the Arsenal game as well. A bit un, un, yeah. un, unlucky, but you know, unfortunate, I think. But but overall, he seems to have calmed down. He seems less like he feels he's got to do everything. Van der Ven is is really the revelation for me. He's, I mean, he's a kid; he's twenty two, and his his ability, his touch, uh, he gets back, he tackles, he can get up in the air, um, and yeah, he's not perfect. Because he's 22 and he's playing in a, a much tougher league probably now than he was before. But this gives you giving me very strong, you know, uh, Toby and and, uh, and uh, <laughs> Jan vibes. Um, and as as are the two fullbacks now, giving me, you know, maybe Kyle Walker and Danny Rose vibes. The confidence, ability, and you don't have that that looking through the fingers thing anymore. Mm. And it's it's great. I mean, I'm loving it. David, where, where we I think we've been short for many, many years uh, has always been midfield. Um, one yeah. or two injuries, you go, oh God, we're struggling a bit. Obviously, absolutely no creativity for a while now, pretty much since Ericsson mm. left. 
Again, an mm. absolute revelation. We've now got Basuma looking like the player we thought we bought uh, from Brighton. And Madison, yeah. I've always really, really liked, has just slotted in. Um, again, obviously set up the first goal. Kotsi looking for the ball. The midfield mm. now is is up there with, 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 with the other, other big teams. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, you know, with all due respect, I, I don't want to see Hoiberg and Skip playing in the midfield together every game. It does remind me of the the Nielsen house axis of the 97-98 season, right? And uh, at the end of the day, um, Pesuma, I was really, really excited about when we got him. And it was a proper old school buy. There wasn't 500 years of haggling over uh, the, the final points of the contract. We didn't know he was coming until the day we signed him, and it was a fantastic. I mean, he's gone for twenty five million, and I, I don't know what Mer, you know what, what uh, Kaido went to to Chelsea for over a hundred. So I think Basuma has been a revelation and shows the you know the real downside of Conte's reign. Saar, I really like. I thought he had a fantastic game against Milan in the Champions League away, and then he seems to have disappeared. I do think Saar didn't have his best game on the weekend. I think he may could do a little bit of a rest mm-hmm. as well. But you can see from him, he's got a far bigger ceiling as a footballer than Skip does. And I like Ollie Skip as well, to be fair. And as for Mr. Madison, uh, I was campaigning for us to buy him from Norwich yeah, at the too, time. He is such a Tottenham player. Yeah. He really is. You all, I mean, you do have a little vibe of, is he going to be another Bentley? No, he's not. The way <laughs> that he... He reminds me a little bit of Mickey Hazard, actually, because he does... Mm. Mickey Hazard could beat a man Spins as well. Spins around. As, as passing and, around. Yeah. yeah. All of that. Yeah. And, 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 and Madison, he can beat a player. He's good from set pieces. I'm loving how he wound up, uh, was it the Brentford fans, on the first game of the season yeah. uh, by putting the yeah. ball out. I just, uh, he's absolutely so into it. And, and, and takes again, a I shot on as well. It. Takes a shot on. Certain yeah. midfield players, you're there, just shoot, have a shot. And he'll give it a go as well, rather than looking for the pass. Absolutely. And he'll, he'll get, he also gets into kind of retrieving the ball as yeah. well. He made some, some great tackles yeah. as well. My fear about him is definitely being targeted by the opposition team. And the question would be is if he if he face a spell out of the team, who have you got? You've got the Celso, who can never seem to keep fit. Yeah. Yeah. And Kula possibly, but not as fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'm absolutely loving Madison. I mean, we all feel that psychologically he's such a Tottenham player. Straight away he's settled in. Um, he's been a fantastic buy. Mm. Absolutely. Matt, I just wanted cool. to add about Madison that, that, you know, you often get flair players like like him. Who and I sometimes think of, of Moussa Dembele, who was such a joy to watch on the ball. But how much did he actually do in terms of you know killer passes? Uh, it didn't score many goals. And Madison actually does things to damage the opposition the whole time. You can see him looking for ways to to thread the ball through or to go past the player to have a shot. He's always looking to do something positive, something damaging to the opposition. So. Do, I, I totally agree with, with with David. He's he's a joy to watch. He's a Spurs player to his boots, um, and uh, you know let's let's hope he doesn't get an injury because um, he's probably as irreplaceable as they get. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, I, I'd said at the beginning of the season, um, not knowing most about Postecoglou, certainly when Kane left, I kind of sort of said, you know what, season to bed in. Some players won't make it. You know, maybe a push for Europa League, but probably sort of 
seventh and eighth. We're all now after were you a few games. Were you going to use the T word, transition? Yeah, yeah probably, another project. Um, <laughs> but we are now all kind of re-evaluating, not just because the way we're playing, the teams around us. Finally now, Man City lost two on the trot. Um, Liverpool, we've obviously discussed today. Um, Chelsea, obviously not doing well hilariously. United, not doing well hilariously. You kind of got to look at Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Newcastle, and us. And as we know this season, the end of the season, five places probably for Champions League. Um, Simon, surely, I mean, unless we get some really bad injuries, as we just discussed, and key players... Um, we lose and we don't strengthen in, in January, which under Levy is always a concern, whether we will, do, will go out <laughs> and actually strengthen and get certainly a centre-back, one could argue, an out-and-out striker, as Simon's alluded to there. Simon, I mean, surely now there's a very, very good chance of top four. And dare I say, could there be a tilt? <laughs> well, top four, yes. Um, we, you know, it, it, we're, you know, we're seven games in. Um, so I hesitate to get too excited. You know, we we what, what I think we've shown is is that we've got the makings of something fresh, and new, and 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 effective. <clears throat> um, so c- could we get could we get up there? Why not? I mean, we, we've beat you know we've drawn at Arsenal, we've we've beaten Liverpool, we've got harder games to come. Uh, we've had you know most of our games so far. Five of them have been against you know, perhaps less uh, less powerful opposition. I include Man U in that. Um, when we've got uh, <laughs> we've got uh, you know Luton coming up and so on. Um, the test will be you know when we're we're going to Anfield, when we're going to to, to City, etc. I actually think, and I, I don't know whether David uh, and you would agree with me. I think we're we're actually a better away team because. Mm. Teams have got to come at us when we're away, and that's where we are. We're going to be deadly. I think we want as soon as we get through a press, we've got players who will damage the opposition when they committed players forward. Whereas at mm. home, sometimes teams hunker down like Sheffield United, and we find it more difficult. But I think I actually think we've got the players with the answers in all situations. But it's it may take. You know, it may take half a season for us to to establish where we are in in the great scheme of things. But top four, why not? I mean, David. I mean, I, I, again, I, I I take a ball. Simon said there, but the fact that you could you could spin it and go, it's only been seven games. This team hasn't even bedded in yet. They're still learning these mm. ways. They've they've picked yep. up the way he wants to play so quickly. We've beaten Liverpool. We've drawn with Arsenal. These are two teams absolutely tipped to probably the two challenging with Manchester City. Uh, we've the, the so far the banana skin games we normally throw away. We haven't. We've gone behind quite a few mm. times. We've come back. We've had a little bit of luck where in the past we've never had the kind of luck. We've still got Benton Kerr to come in. Johnson hopefully will get fit and and and, and have a run in. Uh, we've got more than a plan A now. He's already tweaking the front three and moving them around so other player, other teams can't go, well, this is how they're going to set up and play. We can change it slightly. Why not? Well, I mean, you know, you look at Leicester a few years ago. No one saw that happening. And then when you did see Leicester, you went, oh, Leicester do this. Leicester do on the counter. They still did it and still beat teams despite teams knowing what they were going to do. Why can't teams look at Tottenham and go, okay, we know what they're going to do now, whatever. But because it's so new... And no one else is really, I mean, maybe Man City to another level, but I think, I think, I think Man City overplay far too much, personally. 
Um, why can't we come, you know, Christmas, look at the lead and go, oh, we're second, we're third, we're three, four points off the top, why not? And you've also forgotten that we're, we're going to wait for the return of the much-heralded Brian Hill and Ryan Sessignon mm-hmm. as well. So don't forget those two yeah. fine and players. And no Europe. And uh, obviously no, new, no European games yep. as well. Yep, yep, yep. Um, look, I think that... I think top four, and I think maybe even this season's top five is good enough for Champions League next season because of the change in the competition. So I think that, that I don't see any reason why not. Whenever we've got top four, one of the other bigger clubs have had not such a great season. So you see the vibe about Man United, the vibe about Chelsea, hilariously. Um, and then, you know, and obviously you've got the Gooners there as well. So I think that we, we've got a good chance of getting Champions League, I think. Obviously, the words Levy strength from January window have been a loop on this podcast for the last X number of years. We all know that. So we definitely need another centre-back, an established centre-back, um, because we are one injury away from disaster there. I think at right back, we're quite well covered off. You forget that Emerson Royale scored that lovely goal first game of the season, and he was dropped next game, and he hasn't been seen since. Um, and I think that so I think up top we need a we need we do need a striker. I mean, lovely to think that we'd go out and splash some money on Tony, but I can't see it happening. I, I would as well, and and it would be a statement, a show of our ambition. But as I said, in the loop of the last seventeen years, we've all said that before, and it's never happened. But we've got the go kart track up and running, so that's all good. But I, look, I, look, the feel good factor's back, and Ange has brought that in. And what I'm hilariously loving about Ange when he had that interview, I think with Lineker, he said. No, 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 no. I, I was one of the last choices. I mean, he there's no BS about him whatsoever. He is who he is. And and I'm absolutely loving that. And I'm loving the, those press conferences. It's like the English media have never met an Australian before in their life. They're lapping it up. So, I, I, listen, this is one of those seasons. We don't have European football. We're obviously out of the League Cup. We've got a really good chance of getting top four, top five. And who knows I really, I don't think we're going to get our first title since uh, '61. But we love it, though, wouldn't it? I, I go back to the uh, Postecoglou press conferences. I love his so sort of straight laced and earnest. Some idiot sort of said, "Oh, should yep. I put James Madison in my fancy league team?" And he sort of turned around and just went, "Why would I care? We just no interest. Why would I even care?" <laughs> it was, like, there was no like trying to be crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was just like, what, what are you on about? It was like. He's great. Yeah. He's coming. He's such so a well. joy after all the riddles of you know <laughs> exactly. Mourinho and all that bullshit from Conte. He just he just sits there and just says it yeah. like it is. Yeah. He doesn't dissemble. He no. doesn't try and hide anything. It's just this is the guy. Uh, you take him or leave him, and I'm doing a great job. So. You know, we've 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 got a little star on our hands there. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I've been living here on and off since '99, and for the first Australian coach and for the first Australian coach in Premier League to be the team that I love, and 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 to have us be, we we were on a Sunday night kind of new sixty minute news program before the start of the season. I've never seen <laughs> Tottenham on a news program <laughs> in Australia, and that is getting a lot of attention yeah. here, a lot of attention, and and it's really great. Uh, for the club's profile down here yeah. as well. So on a personal note, it's been fantastic. Well, rightly so. Long may it continue. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We're going to be back on Friday looking forward to... It's been a while since we've gone to Luton. Uh, so we'll discuss that then. And then we're back again next Monday with special guests Dominic Powell, Danny Fenton and Mariana Spring. Uh, David and Simon, for now, thank you so much. Until the end of the week, hey, Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.